Kia ora. Welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems, and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. Because you deserve a business that doesn't feel like work, one that gives you energy and the resources to do what matters most to you. Whether it's figuring out where to spend your time, how to maximize your profitability, or streamlining your processes so things get done quickly and efficiently, my guests and I, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewers, and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Vin Hishika, welcome to yes. the Business Your Way podcast. Thank you so much. Yes, you're very, very close to pronouncing my name. It's Vanhishika. So you're, yeah, I would say 80% close. I'm glad yes. to be here. Glad to be speaking to you. I've heard a lot about the podcast already. Ah, oh, that's great. Awesome. Well, why don't you kick us off by telling our listeners who you are, what you do, who you serve, and how you make your moolah? Definitely. So I'm Vanishika Bhargav. I am the founder of Contensify, which is a B2B SaaS content marketing agency. We've been working with startups in the SaaS ecosystem for about six years now and ongoing. Uh, Six years if I don't count my solo journey as a content marketer in the ecosystem. And how we earn our moolahs fairly straightforward and also not for most of the world it's only about writing content but it's actually an amalgamation of marketing content writing and understanding the product so yeah that's who we are in a gist nice so your clients if I get this right your clients are other SaaS product developers Yes, correct. They are the people who you see are building automation suites, engagement suites, something like probably for that matter, even Shopify. So Shopify e-commerce platform is actually SaaS and they are are one of our clients. Brilliant. And for those that don't know what SaaS is, how would you describe SaaS? Okay, so SaaS is essentially software as a subscription. So when, for example, you take up Netflix and you take up the subscription, it's in a way a software wherein you are paying for a subscription. It's like a recurring payment that you're making to them. We don't serve Netflix. I wish we did, but uh, (laughs) we kind of serve products which are similar to, let's say, maybe Buffer, let's say maybe Hootsuite. So all your social scheduling tools that you see today. And when they say that, okay, hey, you can pay for a month for about $10 uh, or you can maybe take a subscription for an entire year for $100, Those are the kind of softwares that we are at the moment working with. Okay. And so how do you help those companies with their marketing? I think this is the most interesting part and the part that we actually love doing. So Mm. social scheduling, for example, is fairly easy to understand. But when I explain marketing automation, there are a lot of people who probably will say, hey, it only means a welcome email or it only means Uh, weekly newsletters, right? So an automation suite, or let's assume a logistics solution, it has so much uh, capabilities, I would say. But at the same time, because I'm an outsider, I'm a third person, uh, let's say a non-technology kind of a person, 
i may not know of all its use cases for that matter i may not even know something like that exists so our job essentially is to simplify technology in such a way that when somebody else reads it they're able to identify that hey this is what the technology is all about this is how i can use it to my benefit and that's how i implement it so we educate about a technology in a very i would say we remove all the jargons out of technology because mostly tech people don't like removing jargon so we do it for them ah oh, i love that i hate business jargon like i remember my early days in business and there was just so much jargon i was like oh i don't get it i'm just going to do things my way and off i went ignoring all of the business advice i suppose because it was just all too much jargon for me to comprehend and interpret how i wanted to market my business or how i wanted to deliver my business versus all of this jargon that everyone was rabbiting on about so <laughs> i love that that's your job is to remove all the jargon and make it simple for people to understand in terms that people can digest and use and understand exactly i mean that's the end point i mean if somebody wants to sell something to an audience that has not built it you are going to have to simplify and you know can kind of show them the value of it otherwise if they speak the same lingo they might as well build it for themselves it's pretty much similar to that <laughs> yes yes all right so tell me a bit more about your business how long have you been operating I have been in the industry for now 7 years and I worked full time at a startup for about 1 1.5 years post which I started out as a freelancer I would say intensified in really coming to be but I am someone who's attracted to let's say maybe multiple solutions when it comes to technology because i came from an engineering background i wanted to tap into practically everything you know to kind of understand each and everything that was out there in the market you know as a saas solution because back then the word saas by itself was very very new we used mm-hmm. to call it software in college and uh, when i came to know okay it's also sold as subscription and there's something beyond salesforce and microsoft as well i wanted to do it i wanted to know all about it so i started out as a freelancer a regular content writing freelancer because that's how i got trained and this was fairly new so i did not want to touch the marketing side of me yet and thankfully i got an opportunity with one of the products that was incubated by ogilvy and mather singapore and i think that i was lucky there because i got my mentor there essentially and then eventually he was the one who told me okay you have a sound tech background how about you stop using jargons and write me a 250 words explaining analytics i literally started my career with writing 250 words as a college pass out in 30 minutes because i wanted to prove a point and then he groomed me and he said that okay this is what went wrong in the 250 words how about you expand that and that went into i think a 2000 words article my very first and that's how my internship or my stint with this particular company really began and that's where we started i guess uh, i ran the show alone for about an year year and a half after that i made my first hire and today we're like 
13 people because we kept bringing on anything and everything that you know sounded interesting as a technology so everybody in the team has a penchant for technology i would say so i just brought everybody together nice so you started out as a content writer are those the services that you currently provide under the umbrella of contentsify or has has the service expanded to more than just content writing So when I began with Ogilvy like as a freelancer yes I was only offering content writing services because it was very new and as an engineering graduate typically we are told how to write in bullet points <laughs> we are never asked to write in you know a very nice superfluous way when you're talking and engaging an audience so we are the white paper kind of people and i think we started out with writing but like i said i found my mentor there he knew that i had a knack with using things technology and logic he slowly started pushing me towards and this is i think 2013 so back then digital marketing was you know the main term there was no such thing as content marketing specifically uh it had just started out so he was the first one to tell me you know how about you start using twitter for the company how about you start doing pinterest so he introduced me to different concepts that were already being used by their likes and we were very very new to it So I started with writing because it was simpler for me to do because simplifying technology was something easier for me. Marketing mm-hmm. was something I was still learning. So I was with this incubated startup for almost two odd years and in the meantime I'd started working with a couple of other technology solutions as well. So I was still trying to get a hang of how to do the simplification without making the product sound so boring or so not up to the mark because people also want to use big technologies these days so i was still finding a mix so we started with only offering writing but as of today uh, we have a bigger you know kind of a service offering we offer the entire content marketing piece which identifies your audience which identifies what your audience wants to read about what your audience really understands out of what you're writing and how do you optimize your writing for it Yes writing is a part of our service a big module because most of these software developers honestly don't want to simplify their technology or don't have the time for it because they really want to focus on product development they don't want to focus on the writing part of it so yeah i guess writing is going to stick with us for a very very long time <laughs> nice so did you always know that you wanted to build an agency after operating for a freelancer for a wee while how did you know it was the right time for you to start expanding your team and move into that agency model honestly i think it just happened because one interest to the startup ecosystem was really you know thriving back in 2013 14 15 these kind of terms startup scale ups which was not exactly they used to call them companies they started coming up so i got placed right out of my college with microsoft and my choice was either to join a full time corporate job or to try this out but the good thing is that i was waiting for my results and i was actually like okay let me not waste my time try something out because i'd been hearing all about these startups etc and i just started you know kind of 
like they say side hustle is what we call it right now i think back then i'm not even sure if that was a term but uh, i just started it out and i was like okay this is interesting i want to learn more and if i fail at it i'll probably go back into the tech field that i got placed in so i have nothing to lose i'll uh, probably try it out for 2 years 2 years is what i gave myself and the moment i was in the moment i took my first first time job like full time job as a content marketer i knew this was something that i wanted to do but then i soon realized that i wasn't built to do only like work on only one product because honestly there's only so much that you can do uh with one product you lose inspiration to write if you're writing about the same thing over and over again so i took up another one and i think this whole thinking of mine it resulted in five really good software products in my hand and they all wanted to scale the work that they were doing with me so i was like now as an individual i cannot realistically handle it i i was already working 14 15 16 maybe even upwards you know hours a day and i was like okay now i think it's the time that i need somebody's help it started literally out as i need someone else to help me out it wasn't really an entity it wasn't really anything so i actually reached out to one of the people that i'd worked with and i said that and i knew that she was from a journalism background but she could write technology if given a proper brief and briefing was something that i could definitely do so i started out with her and i think because now there were like two sets of people two sets of hands so we knew that hey we could tackle more i brought on more projects we, we and actually i did not it was more like word of mouth and then we slowly gradually i think walked across one whole year eventually realizing we're going to need more people <laughs> so i think the agency came into being on its own because people who knew me from the software industry uh i am a very one on one person so if there's a software developer that i'm working with eventually they go on to becoming friends so because i get involved i like to get involved and now so does my team thankfully they all built the same way so we are becoming this, this uh i would say we are your extended team right so they all associate with us on a deeper level so obviously when somebody asks them that who are you working with they actually refer that client to us and i think our client base grew so massively it was finally time to say that okay no longer just a bunch of ad hoc uh, freelancers working together i think it's time to formalize it so that's how the agency came into being and how long ago was that this was i would say i started it out around 2014 uh formally 2014 or towards the beginning of 2015 formally as a company before that we were already 3 to 4 people uh working on a lot of projects just did not have an entity to associate it with super fascinating i love that you brought on your first employee as a chargeable person so they came in to help you and immediately they were doing client work which meant immediately you were cost recovering the cost of having that person work with you exactly yes yeah when was that time that you brought on your first non-chargeable admin support kind of staff member uh, i think 
uh, that 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 has to be my dad i would say admin support so <laughs> he's still unpaid just by the way <laughs> so I, he he he's he's already working uh he's actually working even now and uh, i am like i don't so there are certain aspects of the business that i'm still very skeptical touching and uh, that would let's say be the finance side so i know how to make the money i know how to work but i do not know how to record it right i i am so bad at it or maybe i'm just like so distracted with everything else that i'm doing that i back then told him that you know hey uh, for all the taxes etc i don't understand this you're my admin it used to be a joke now it's his job <laughs> so he's the most unpaid member i don't plan on paying him oh that's so good hi dad <laughs> any other support that you've got in your team or all 13 members of your team they are all client facing and money generating uh so in the team i would say they are all people who are working on our services so that includes uh, strategizing for the inbound marketing piece or the content marketing piece in general handling social media accounts of the clients creating that content creating those graphics so they are the ones who are essentially i would say doing the work so for mm-hmm. me i fall in the strategizing part and helping them out after that uh but the actual execution is now handled by them the client facing person is me particularly also because as an agency you start facing all sorts of clients so some people are able to you know kind of not let it really hamper their entire mood for the day but most of my team really does not like talking to the clients uh, in all honesty yes we have great clients but they can be a pain sometimes we've gone through some of our clients who are not now not our clients because particularly because they were giving us a hard time for no reasons and it, then they told me that you know what as long as it's on messages we'll handle it but if it's on calls you're the person who's going to do it so yeah i am still the client facing person in most of the scenarios uh, that was going to be my next question was what does your role look like in the company now that you're a team of 13 so still client facing and doing all the client meetings but what does your role now look like with a much bigger team so even day to day for example i'll give you an example right now because we're starting a new month uh, this is what my role essentially now looks like one is definitely yes client facing because i'm the person who simplifies the technology and is able to create like clear briefs and outlines for my team so i uh, i am the strategizing side and the enabling side that's number one number two uh, because well someone has to do the talking to the clients uh, and i i i think i'm the skateboard that they all chose so yes i do client facing bit as well uh, touch would we haven't had to do much of business development because everything has been word of mouth for us but yes in case there is a prospect that comes to us through a referral talking to them you know kind of onboarding them and then creating an entire process that's still me and the new thing that we've recently started is of course consulting content marketing consulting because we realized that as an agency we may or may not be affordable to certain startups or they may have a team in house but they actually need experts to you know kind of help them do the bigger strategizing and align different teams that are involved in executing content marketing 
So consulting projects right now are handled by me because we're still experimenting that how do we want to turn it into a framework that that can be replicated across multiple clients. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my role. And on and off hiring, my team tells me I'm not very good with hiring. So because <laughs> they, 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 they're like expecting too much or maybe they think so what has happened previously, I believe, is that people think I'm too chill to work with that being the new term for this generation. And they take it up too lightly. Uh, so they're like, you know, you need to sound a little serious. So you don't sound that serious. Let us do the hiring. So I think they've hired most of it. So hiring is out of my hands. Now it's not in my scope of work. Interesting. Not hiring. So where do you get a say in that final piece before you hire? So if you're not involved in the early phases of the recruitment, do you get final say or final interview before new team members are brought on? Oh, definitely. So even if, uh, so we've had our recent hires through referrals of internal team members, uh, touch wood, nobody has let me down ever. But at the same time, what I expect them to do in the initial set of calls is essentially get a sense of the understanding that the person has about content marketing, because it's content marketing and not content writing. So a lot of people confuse the two terms and they apply as freelance writers. Right now in the team, yes, we have writers, but I have a tendency of picking content marketers over content writers because I need the bigger piece as compared to a very small piece. So they do that bit of, let's say, checking on background, talking to the person, maybe even sending across a sample task that, okay, can you write about AI or can you write about logistics? And then going through the piece, you know, the first review is done by them. But then eventually, if they feel that the candidate is worth it, then they send across whatever that they've spoken to this particular candidate, the work or the sample test that they had given and how did they fare their opinions to me, along with a list of things that that person may be good at, things that that person may not be all that grand at, and where that person, how much hand-holding that person is going to require. Because eventually that hand-holding comes to me. So I'm the person who's essentially working with each of my teammates to give that little bit of hand-holding wherever that they require. Uh, So I think that's where I step into the hiring process majorly. And of course, the eventual negotiation of the salaries. But for me, I think one of the biggest things is that right now, each one of our teammates is someone who can come up to you, speak to you. We talk absolute nonsense throughout the day, but we also talk absolute logic throughout the day. And that's how I want it to be because that's how I grew. So my mentor gave me that space, that very open space to communicate freely, right? And it could be about the most stupid things that I've come across or some of the most serious things that I've come across. So I want to be associated as a founder who you can walk up to and say, hey, you know what, I'm planning on starting a side hustle. I'm really stressed out. What do I do? I want to be able to enable you because that's how, that's the assistance I got. And I want to be that person for somebody. So I think the very last bit is the vibe check, I would say. That's me usually. So I like to talk to a person for a good 30, 40 minutes just to get an understanding of, am I really able to speak to this person? Because over time, I've realized that, yes, when you're talking professionally, you're able to talk to everyone. But someone that you need to communicate with on a day-to-day basis, or is your teammate, or is going to be somebody who represents your company eventually, that person needs to be 
if not a hundred percent, but at least a 60-70% on the same page. The way you speak matters a lot because tomorrow maybe I may be ill. So you might have to like speak to one of our clients. So you can't let us down there. So I think the final goal comes from me uh, based on how I feel. Honestly, I've trusted my gut more here uh, because I know the team has taken care of all the background career-wise. So I think the final is just the white check that I like to do myself because I don't want somebody coming in with a lot of negativity because agency life is honestly very strenuous. It's not easy. It's not like, hey, we're working four days. We won't work the the fifth day. There are times when we have to work on the weekends as well. And one negative person stepping in can actually ruin the culture for the rest of the team, you know? So, yeah, I guess that's where I lie in the process. Nice, I like that. It's a gut check on team cultural fit. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So are your team in one location or are you a remote team? What does that look like? So interesting part is that back in 2013, remote working was not really a term. Digital nomad was not really a term. We were called freelancers. Mm -hmm. So when I began with the uh, startup, you know, my career into content marketing, I was called a freelancer. And I was working out of here in India and they were there in Singapore. So I think one of the biggest things that this kind of a setup did for me was show me how you really did not need to sit side by side to work together and do like even bigger tasks together. It's just all about using the right technology, communicating frequently, and of course, your work ethic, you know. So I learned the pros and cons of it. I personally, I think I worked one and a half years full time, which meant going to office in the morning, coming back by evening, sometimes not coming back because they were doing an all-nighter. So honestly, I think I never liked the office setup. So yeah, I started as a freelancer. So honestly, I never felt the need to have a physical office. So when someone tells me that, where is your team based out of? They're actually remote. They're all spread out. (laughs) There's one who is sitting right there in Netherlands as well. You know, so we're all in very different locations. Yes, we haven't been even able to meet. Like I think in the last two years, because of the pandemic, we did not get to meet. So when things got lifted and I was confident enough that, hey, okay, now I can travel. I actually recently, last month, traveled. And the funny thing that we all were th- you know, thinking about when we met each other is that how open we are on video calls and how open we are talking to each other on Slack. And this is the first time that we're seeing each other. It just did not feel like we were seeing each other for the first time because that's how we've been working for all these years. So we've been a fully remote company. Uh, I do not plan on having a physical office unless and until absolutely required. I mean, we make such drastic shifts to, you know, kind of what we offer or tomorrow, let's say if we build a product, then in that case, I might need an in-house team. But as of now, we are doing good remote. Fabulous. I love that. And are you a global team? So tell me, where are all of your team members located? So as of now, uh, we are all Indians, but we have one person who's sitting in Netherlands who's our advisor and also the person who handles a little bit of business development where I, for instance, may or may not be able to talk because I lack, let's say, an industry knowledge, particular industry knowledge. 
So he's the person who steps in. We also have a salesperson who is out there right now traveling all through Portugal. So he's like literally on the roads. But even he does that. So for example, if some referral comes to me and I am not able to take the call, then in that case, I direct it to him. I'm like, can you please handle the call? Because I'm too busy with the work side. And plus, I like to think that I'm not very grand at sales. I can manage sales, but it's not something that I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hand it over to him. So right now we are, let's say about 80, 90% still Indians. But we do have two teammates who are, you know, in different countries as well. So far, I haven't gotten the chance. I did try and hire a couple of other people too, but there was never that, uh, I would say one was definitely the time zone, although I'm somebody who's awake more at night than in the mornings. Uh, so that gets overlapped because most of our clients are actually in the US and the UK. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been able to hire someone as a teammate, I would say, not yet, still looking. because. Imagine having somebody in the US time zone means I will get one hour additional sleep. So yes, I'm hiring. If you're the person, please reach out to me. (laughs) I like that. I will hire you if I get one more hour sleep. Yes. (laughs) Brilliant. So tell me, what about your systems? How do you manage a remote team? What systems do you have in place to manage that remote team? Okay, one one thing that we function with is taking up only and only content marketing as an agency. Uh, So essentially what happens is that when you start a marketing agency, people think that you can do digital marketing and it's a whole stack, a whole array of things into marketing. So the number one thing that I had done really early on is that, hey, we are only going to be tackling content marketing as a piece. There's no such thing as email marketing, et cetera, coming in. Mm -hmm. We can write the emails for people because that falls under content, but we will not be setting up the automations. So I cut out things that did not fall into our expertise. I think that was number one, to streamline processes. Number two, we started with a lot of uh, project management tools, right? Like Trello, for instance, and then Slack for our day-to-day communication, because as an agency, we constantly need to stay in touch And of course, Google Drive. I think uh, that's number one. Everything goes there. Collaboration is really easy. But as a process, initially, we used to create our entire 30-day monthly calendars for each client in the first week of every month or in the last week of the previous month. So our tasks are kind of planned out for an entire month right at the beginning. So we all know what's assigned where, what's the due date, and it's either set up on Trello or it's set up on Google Excel Sheets, depending on what the client is also, you know, kind of okay using. Like, for instance, I've seen pushback from most of our clients uh, on using Trello. So we internally decided that instead of managing an Excel sheet for them, uh, managing Trello for ourselves, also, you know, kind of using Slack to communicate why not streamline it and make it only Excel if that's what they prefer? But then how do we stay in touch? You know, each one of us, that what is the other person working on? So we started this very small thing called writing your sprints down every single day on Slack. So there are channels for each client. All sorts of communication related to a particular project are in that channel. But we have something called a work channel. And there, there is no miscellaneous conversation 
that's your day to day tasks what are you working on on a particular day and the person is supposed to put it like right at the beginning of the day so if i am client facing or if somebody else is also client facing then in that case if i need the bandwidth of someone from the team i can actually write it right below their sprint that hey could you deprioritize x task because i need you on y so uh, this is how we are coordinating so far touchwood it's going really well but yes uh, because it's remote every now and then everybody forgets to put their sprint and then there is this little bit of a friction there because somebody doesn't know what needed to be worked on and then there's a timeline shift but i think that happens maybe just once in like 4 months <laughs> but yeah majorly we were able to stick to it these are the little processes that we put in place planning ahead not taking up ad hoc not taking up things that do not fall under our services and definitely you know kind of creating that sprint for us every single day even if we are on and off we actually go there and write on and off so that everybody in the team knows that this person is not available today and uh keeping each other in the loop that's a big part of the process uh that's also during hiring we actually mention it that you need to be comfortable using slack you need to be comfortable using google drive and you need to be comfortable talking if you don't tell us what's going on with you we will not be able to enable you because as an agency we have a lot of deliverables a lot of timelines to keep up with across projects so if somebody falls off then that means that the timeline is going to get shifted but if you tell me that okay i've hit a writer's block or a creative block not able to do this we are able to reassign the entire thing within the team and still get it done so i think communication is one of the processes as well maybe that's how the work sprint kind of you know came up i love that you've got some clear lines of communication for your team on a daily basis and some clear tools of how you communicate as a team how you communicate with your clients what you're sharing with your clients what you're sharing with each other i love how you are approaching that and mainly because you are a remote team i love that so much any other like what if someone wanted to start an agency what would be three things that you would want to share with them in order to grow a successful agency modeled service business interesting because i actually got asked about something very similar very recently at a startup network so the number one thing i think would be that one treat it as you yourself are responsible for the work that's happening and the work ethic that gets followed you cannot hold other people accountable for stuff everything that happens is on your shoulders if you do a great job it's going to be you if you do a really bad job as a team it's still going to be you so the number one thing that you need to do is figure out what you are good at and stick to it rather than try to you know kind of offer too many things together as an agency because typically that's what happens in an agency model that you know you kind of want to offer as many things as possible so that you have multiple revenue streams as what we say these days but the more you scatter yourself in your skill set the more accountable you become to even the bad things so initially keep things that you are you know you have complete control over so i think that's number one number two is that scale gradually so i've been told by i don't know 
innumerable people that i scaled my agency too slow everybody told me hey you're going too slow you know you can pick it up you have the skill set why are you not doing this hire more people hire you know kind of get more clients etc here's the thing that i personally uh, told them was that i want to do it at my pace so that when i'm comfortable doing a certain type of a product or certain type of technology that's when i want to move to the next so i don't mind being slower to the game so decide your own pace do not let other agencies we've had agencies around us to be very honest there have been three that came up during the same duration they went into investments and um, they blew up their agencies as in they really really grew their agencies yes they are competitors but here's the good thing when anybody says we need a software content marketing agency they actually come to us because they know that that agency is doing it at scale which means they're doing it for 70 80 clients we are streamlined and we are doing it only for 25 so the amount of time and effort that we put in is way way higher so even if we charge a little more than them they're willingly giving it to us so i would say decide your own pace don't scale it because hey you saw somebody else do it or because you felt that okay uh, if it's an agency model i suddenly need like 20 people to execute it no you do it yourself and then if you can't handle it on your own you replicate the same scope of work give it to another person then if you can't do beyond that then you hire the next set of people so definitely that the third thing i would now recommend i would say is uh, read a lot of books to be very honest rather than taking a look at what other agencies are doing read a whole lot of books on your own because that will help you streamline a lot of processes internally and encourage your team to do the same so it can't just be you who's reading uh, the cultural flow needs to be in such a way that if you are learning they're learning as well so if you really want a successful agency you need people who are from all the books by the way that i've read as well from the biggest of companies too uh, you need people who are 60 to 70% not a replica but similar to you with their goals because you're playing a long term game you're not playing a short term game unless that's the goal if you are looking at you know establishing a big time agency you need people who will have faith in you when you have down periods because as an agency particularly you will have down periods you will have times when you suddenly lose two to three clients you're not able to replace them that's your revenue hit so the revenue hit if you remain bootstrapped like i have will automatically also you know kind of reflect on everybody's payouts maybe sometimes there are difficult times as well there are people who will stick with you for the longer run that's who you're looking for the short term people will come and go because obviously it's an agency you will attract those people and they're not really bad i would say they're great to have but you need solid backing so always try and hire in such a way where you match the person's long term goals even if it means you know kind of enabling them in certain ways so you can do your best but at the same time it needs to be a two way street you can't just be just another company they work at So yeah I think those would be the three things for an agency. They are beautiful three things. I agree with all of them like stay in your lane, do what you do best and do it well. Go at your own pace, build your business your way at a pace that works for you. 
and then get the culture of your business right with the right people who align to your values and your end goals. What great advice. I, I love all of it. It's so bad. Somebody is agreeing to it at least. I mean, I've I've still got I still get pushback at most of my thinking. So <laughs> I'm no. glad to see someone agrees. Well, I mean, and I really like that you just said that because it's about trusting in yourself to grow your business in a way that works for you, is comfortable for you. Then you're not overwhelmed with a whole lot of new things and new companies to get up to speed with. You're just bringing on new clients once you're up to speed with your existing clients. Like that makes perfect sense to me. And you are concentrating on the quality of your service that you're giving. Therefore, being able to charge more dollars than your competitors because of your quality. Exactly. That's precisely what I try and drive in because even if you take on a project early on for a smaller or a lesser cost, if you constantly deliver quality, you can always upsell, you can always cross-sell, mm-hmm. you can always upgrade. Uh, yes, there are also going to be certain clients who will say, oh no, you're getting too expensive. But then in that case, maybe it's time to retire those clients and move on to the bigger clients. But either which ways, your quality speaks for itself. We haven't in the last six, seven years done any kind of business development or sales, none whatsoever. We've never really had to. And I would really thank my stars and actually my clients for it because it's word of mouth. And the word of mouth only happens when they see you working really hard alongside them and ensuring that you're giving them quality that they don't even need to look into. Most of our clients don't even need to look into what we're doing right now. It's only the initial skepticism, you know, in the first few weeks that, hey, do you really understand our product? Are you able to write this? Are you able to do this? Uh, Will it be done? Because they've had bad experiences with agencies. And by the way, that's exactly why most agencies have a really bad name as well. The whole term is very negated. But now, then they get comfortable. And after a point when they get comfortable, they're barely even talking to us or barely even bothering us about what's done, what's not. Because they're like, hey, you'll handle the piece on your own. Yeah, I like that. And I am of the opinion that if you are doing quality service, then your clients are going to refer you with ease. So when you're an agency and you can focus on a quality service delivery that is staying in your lane of what you do, then it makes it easy for the client to talk about you. And that's how the referrals start to come in because we're all networking with one another. And I know that I like to work with companies who someone has referred to me or who someone has said a good word about them or said, like, you should really check them out because I really rate them. That's who I go to when I'm looking for companies to work with or services that I want to hire into my own business. That's what I really look for is that referral and that word of mouth. Sure, I'm going to go and do my own due diligence, but the starting point is that word of mouth. So... You and I are on the same page there. Do quality work and your work will speak for itself. Exactly. Yes. If I had to encapsulate, that's exactly the line I would use. 
Vanishika, it has been yes. such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Can you let my listeners know where they can connect with you? Oh, definitely. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I will drop my handle with Sandra uh, right when whenever the episode goes out. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn where I'm more active, I would say over email traditionally everybody would share their email <laughs> but yes uh, i dread my inbox i'm the linkedin person you can reach out to me on linkedin or even on instagram for that matter if you feel like it and um, if you do want to reach out to my agency or take a look at what we're doing you can look us up on contentsifyhq.com so yeah that's beautiful thanks so much I will put all of those links in our show notes. So if people are interested in what you do and how you do it, and just maybe want to reach out to you and have a conversation about building an agency, that's great too. You know, how we can share behind the scenes of our business to help other businesses. I'm all about that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I never mind having a brainstorming session. So feel free to reach out to me anytime. Beautiful. Well, thanks so much for joining me here today and enjoy the rest of your day. I know it's early where you are, so you've got your day ahead of you. Lovely to talk to you. It was lovely talking to you as well. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed taking a dive behind the scenes of Vanishka's agency. I'll put the links from today's episode in the show notes so you can access them from within the podcast app that you're listening to this episode. The full show notes and a full written blog post are available from my website. So if you want to read a good story, then head on over to sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast 13. Before you go and carry on your day, if you really enjoyed today's episode, then make sure that you hit that subscribe button so you get notified of the new episodes as soon as they're released. If, like me, you listen in the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and leave a quick review. It would really mean the world to me if we were able to spread the word about this podcast to all of your friends and business buddies. If you're not listening in the Apple Podcast app, then simply take a screenshot of this episode and share it with me on Instagram. You can tag me at sandrajulian.co. I'd love to hear your feedback and your thoughts on either today's episode or any other episodes that you've listened to. Alrighty, my friend, go and enjoy the rest of your day and I will talk to you again real soon.